Uh, I never knew I needed Jordan Peterson explaining John Piper's sexy stone sweet until now in my life, but uh, yeah. your own fun sexy bible time i prefer co-hosts that are debt-free virgins without tattoos <laughs> uh man well i hate to break it to you matthew but uh i am not one of those at least at least two of those i do not meet the qualifications for but i can't i can't say which of those you i can't say which of those okay yeah uh, it's it would be indiscreet of me to do so. <laughs> the, uh, question is is the woman in, in in the meme is the woman in the picture is that Catherine Watson? <laughs> uh, there's at least an eighty percent chance that that is. Kate, is that you? Or is that you? yeah? Did not know that Kate Watson had a side gig as a meme model for Facebook Christian groups. Uh, that is that is news to me, too. And uh, I don't want to say shocking, but <laughs> almost almost slightly shocking. That that is, that's her side gig, her, the hustle that she has on the side. As a, uh, you know, as a, as a brand ambassador of the No Chill Enneagram podcast. Yes. What, what do you think of the font selection for this meme? Um, man, so I got to say it is, it is a little disappointing. It's, it's got a, (laughs) it's got that rushed, um, I just need to pick a font that is, uh, in my, on downloaded on my computer kind of feel, uh, (laughs) it's, it's not got much, uh, it's got, it's got poor placement, I would say. Um, man, it, it's, it's just all around not the, not the best choice for font. No, <laughs> I, I give it a, I give it a, a three out of 10 on, on the font placement there. <laughs> so if, if you're not, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, there's a, there's a meme that's been going around. Not a meme. It's a, I guess it's a, more of a post with a, with an accompanying photo that's, yeah. been, that's been going around, uh, I know you you guys might find this shocking, but people on Christian Twitter are upset about something. <laughs> I mean, who could who could foresee something uh, like that? I, that? I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, thanks to uh, the transformed wife, uh, we have a, uh, a a new a new thing to be upset about on Christian Twitter that men prefer debt free virgins without tattoos. Man. This is uh, a revelation, to be honest. And uh, there's a post, but then there's a uh, then there. I guess there is like a meme image that goes along with it of a of a smiling blonde woman sitting in a field. It looks like yes, uh, no visible tattoos. I'm assuming she's debt free and also a virgin. <laughs> I mean, those are assumptions we have to make, but cannot confirm. So. And the other thing too about the font is that it looks like the kind of font a essentials oil 
uh, a person would use in like a, a Facebook post. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, but yeah, careful, careful, you're gonna you're gonna upset the uh, the essential oil crowd. Yeah, I I know, but I mean, I gotta call it like I see it, and, and that's definitely an essential oils font. Like, <laughs> uh, take that for what you will. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm slightly angry that that you brought up essential oils already because that was going to be that was gonna that was one of my jokes about the uh, No Chill Enneagram podcast was that if we could somehow combine that with essential oils, um, <laughs> we could we could have like a full cult experience. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh man, that would be so. Basically, you you have an essential oil assigned to your type. Uh, on the Enneagram and like that is like you have one for your your strengths and and for your weaknesses and when you're feeling your weaknesses you use that essential oil uh, you know to help you to to not stray from from the path of the Enneagram Uh, so uh, yeah I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they'll probably talk about that on no chill Enneagram at some point I mean they're going to cover all of the ground on the Enneagram. I can I say, though, that as someone who finds the Enneagram, frankly, horrifying, that the No Chill Enneagram, uh, I can say it is the best Enneagram podcast around. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Like, I am, I appreciate the Enneagram, but I'm not like 100% on board with the with it as as much as they are like at some sometimes i i get a little scared at, at how excited they are about about the enneagram when they're talking about it but uh i think it's it's probably the least worst enneagram podcast around <laughs> <laughs> if i was gonna if i was gonna put it in a category uh that's that's probably how i'd, I'd put it <laughs> uh, we were doing a uh a, a shout out to Fun Sexy Bible Time regulars Richard Clark and Park City who have uh, taken on their own. Uh, yes, it's not really irreverent. I guess it's 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 fairly reverent, but it is. A- Com- yeah, compared to this podcast, it's pretty reverent. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. I, it, ch- I choose it, to view it as a compliment. Right? Yeah, it, it was intended as such. Um, yeah, so. And they they asked me to remind you that it's all your fault that uh, this podcast exists. So uh, you can you can take that flag and fly it and and own that that uh, they would have never created this this hybrid of the enneagram meets fun sexy Bible time uh, without your involvement. <laughs> uh, all right, so can we, can we go back to can we go back to the uh, the transformed wife for a second? Yeah, yeah, we kind of went off the rails there. Well, yeah, that's what we do on this podcast. We don't we're not a rail friendly podcast. Exactly. <clears throat> so people got super upset about this. Yeah, they did. Uh, I mean, I saw at least four or five people like of note. Uh, comment on it, which when when you have that that large list of people of note, you know something is going on. Uh, let's let's offend them all then. Yeah, let's let's offend all those people. 
I, yes, I, let's. How about a hot take? Can I give you a hot take on this? Yes. If Fire you, away. If you were upset about a meme about men prefer dead free virgins without tattoos, if you were upset about that, hey, you should be upset about that because you got played. You got played by an internet <laughs> troll and you reacted exactly the way she banked on you reacting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if no one had gotten upset about this, this thing would have died and nobody would have been like, like well, okay, whatever. But this is like the right. same trollish tactics that, that Matt Walsh uses, that Pulpit and Pen uses, that Westboro Baptist Church uses, is they are 100% dependent upon well-meaning, uh, well-rounded Christians mm. losing their mind about stuff like this and being like, well, you know, well, actually, that's not, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Uh, that is, that's a good point, and you probably don't have to look further than the use of the word virgins. Uh, <laughs> if if you have that word in, in your blog post or your meme, you're probably looking to rile up some people. Uh, so... Yeah, it, it it definitely was was played out that way as uh, they wanted the clicks, they wanted they wanted the attention, and uh, you know Christian Twitter is always eager to give that to anyone who who in the slightest offends their sensibilities in any <laughs> in any way. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is a yeah. beautiful troll post. It, it is. It's perfect. I, you know, in a in a sick way, I kind of love it because. It's like the classic Matt Walsh. Let me take an idea that's like kind of half formed and like maybe there's some good stuff in it. And let me uh-huh. just run it through the prick machine and and be just a jerk about it online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, ex- that's, that's exactly it. And I think that it is so interesting to me, the debt free thing, because it's like <laughs> no one actively looks for someone that had a lot of debt, like, I'm not going to go out there. There's no, like, debt-ridden-singles.com or uh, <laughs> anything like that. But it's it's not like I'm also, like, on on my first date, like, have a checklist and say, oh, you have uh, how much in debt? Oh, uh, 30000 Okay, well, this will be our last debt, uh, uh, date, uh, you know? <laughs> I mean, you are a virgin without a tattoo, but, I mean, the thing is, she, the transformed wife, Lori, whatever her name is, like yeah. she knows that this, like she's better than this, like maybe, but she's at least smarter than this. She knows that, like love, you know, by its almost by its very definition, is is greater than these qualifications, right? You know, just like you were saying, exactly. If you're in love with somebody, especially especially Christian love, if you're a Christian, like that will yeah. supersede whether somebody's in debt, has a tattoo, or is a virgin. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like basic Christian 101 kind of stuff. Like this is the kind of stuff they they teach you in Sunday school when you when you first sign up to be a Christian. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And and so yeah, she's she's definitely counting on people uh, getting triggered by that. I th- I feel like it's, um, it's a it's a weird it's a, just a weird sort of take to put out there unless you were just trying to rile people up that would be like that would be like me putting out a meme that says uh, women prefer hot guys who are successful yep it's like well sure like you know but you can't always control those things 
So right. why why would I say something like that? Like that's just a, that's true. I mean, it, it'd be like it also to take a step further to say like uh, uh, women prefer uh, youth pastors with uh, soul patches and frosted tips. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you well, that would be true though. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That is that's true. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's not hyperbole at all. <laughs> well, you know, the the I think the tips. My own theory is like, like frosted tips is almost like the story of Moses and the burning bush. Yeah, it's like they are they when you engage the culture to that degree, it's like it <laughs> it bleaches the tips of your hair. <laughs> Oh man! Just like yeah, it's the it's the effects of of reaching that height of engagement <laughs> is that your body begins to to indicate how engaged you are in the culture. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I wanted a soul patch so bad when I was in youth group, and I just I just could not grow facial hair at that time. Man. Yeah, I feel you. I did not, I did not, I was a late bloomer as far as facial hair goes, so. Did you have the sideburns when you were in youth group? Could you pull those off? I I couldn't, no. Uh, My hair is like super curly, and uh, it just didn't, it didn't grow down, far down my face. (laughs) When I I was young, uh, it it grew up, not down. (laughs) Well, see, like, I got like the, I got like the mustache, which, you know, in 1998 was, was not ironic yet, so it was completely worthless. Right, right. So I had the mustache, but like I could not get, I could not get the sideburns. And at one point, uh, at one point, I actually got, I like I grew, I grew the fuzz from the sideburns, and I got like some mascara ink or some kind of like, <laughs> some kind of like I don't even remember exactly what it was, some kind of like black ink mascara type thing, and like yeah. blotted in like on the sideburns just to try to make it look like I had sideburns. Uh. <laughs> on a on a related note, Matt wasn't dating a lot at the time. <laughs> I I can't see if there's a correlation between those two things. Uh, like uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I don't know why I wasn't dating. I mean, I didn't have any tattoos, right. and I was I was 200 percent uh, virgin. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> not even 100%. No, I was, yeah. I was 100% yeah. and then some. Right. And, uh, definitely debt free. Yeah. Yeah. No. I was, I was a kissing so, too. Uh, I assume. Did that overlap with your youth group experience? Like the whole do not kiss until you're married type thing? Uh, there were, there was definitely talk of it. Okay. Uh, not, not necessarily a lot of people that did it, but you know, there were people that were like, Hey, you know, you should consider this, you know, uh-huh. as an option in your, in your virgin walk. Uh, um, but, uh, they, uh, <laughs> they didn't pressure us too hard on, on the whole kissing thing from what I, I could remember. Uh, it was, it was kind of a, an optional add on to your, your virginity at, at that time. Uh, definitely like different tiers of virginity and youth. Yes. So there was like the, uh, yeah, the technical virgin, uh, like the yep. practical virgin, the kissing virgin, and then like the the uh, like the courtship people who like were not going to even be alone. 
with with somebody of the opposite sex until they got married. Yeah, yeah. There were there's definitely a, a hierarchy there to your virginity, uh, <laughs> and, and the the path that you choose to walk, and, and some some paths are holier than other paths. Uh, so it just depends on you know how strong you are in the faith, depending on which path you can take. Uh, that's that's what I've found. It, it made it real easy to stay in the upper echelons uh, when you were a a, a, a lanky, uh, awkward homeschool kid that right. didn't talk to girls anyway. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I was I was not a homeschool kid, but I also did not have a lot of problem um, getting the girls to uh, uh, keep their distance from me. Uh, <laughs> It, it was it was not an issue that I encountered often. <laughs> uh, I think part of that might have been that I asked a girl out once by slipping a love letter into her bulletin at church, and uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, literally. that's literally what I did. I literally put a. I was like the usher at my church, and um, we. Uh, we're handing out bulletins. I had written her this, handwritten this letter to her, and I slipped in her bulletin and gave it to her. And then I was freaking out the entire church service, and uh, I uh, left the church immediately after the service and didn't talk to her. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that part sounds like something I would have done. The first part right. sounds like sounds like a Nicholas Sparks premise. Yeah. I thought it was super romantic. Like I was so like, she is just going to love this. Uh, like this is, she's going to like fall in love with me on the spot. The moment she reads this letter, uh, that, it, that did not happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will, I hate to break it to, to everyone, but that, that is not the story that unfolded. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, like a, a Nicholas Sparks novel where like he, he sends her love letters in the bulletin and then she dies somehow and then like she sends love letters back in the bulletin or something I don't know somebody's somebody's got to die in a Nicholas Sparks right book. so she's she's sending love letters from the afterlife to the bulletin through the bulletin yeah something like that I have to work out the details yeah. but there's definitely well I mean he's definitely a widower and there's definitely like a like a uh, like a hot uh, misunderstood woman, like single woman at the church who, who has tattoos and is not a virgin, right? And yeah, like uh, he's he's trying to figure out if he has the strength to love again. But, yeah, but she's she's clearly got tattoos, so he's not sure if right. he can. Right, and she's got like a lot of student debt too. Yes, so exactly. He's he's not sure if he can be into that, um, and. Yeah, she probably gets the communic like the bulletins that have the wife's messages from the afterlife when she goes to the shack. That's that's probably where she gets them. Like, <laughs> and, uh, yes. very good. Very yeah, good. yeah. I have nothing to add. That is a complete. That is a complete yeah. riff right there. Yep. Yep. All right. So can't go. Further. Speaking of youth group, um, uh, yes. It did not get more real in youth group than that first Stars of Clay album. 
Yeah, that is that is accurate. Uh, Jars of Clay was it was like listening to secular music, but it's not secular music. Uh, it, that's how that's how real it was. Have you gone back? Like, have you listened to that to the Jars of Clay album recently? Uh, I've listened to it like I listened to it like a year ago. Like, it's been a while, but uh, I think it kind of still holds up a, a little bit. It's it's uh, I I look at it with and hear it with different ears than I did when I when I was in youth group. But it's you know, flood still gets me. It's still. <laughs> There's still a little bit of, of tears that well up when I'm listening to the flood. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was like the perfect sort of melancholy, laid back album to like project all of your teenage insecurities on. Yes, absolutely. Because I could listen to that, like, and I was, you know, as, as a sheltered Christian kid in the 90s, just completely baffled by what was happening in pop culture i could listen to that album and be like oh no like they're just a little too you know they're they're past electric guitars this is right. this is like the next level of rock and roll is just going all acoustic exactly and i had no idea what i was talking about but i could just project all of those things onto that jars of clay album right right they uh they were at a at another level of of rock when they went all acoustic, uh, it's just the, the secular music was just lagging behind jars of clay. You know, that was, that was the truth. And, uh, you remember all the strings on that album? Like every album had strings and like a, a lot of like yeah. orchestral pieces to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember getting like super woke about all that and being like, Oh, this is, you know, like they're merging classical music to rock and nobody really understands this, <laughs> but me, because, <laughs> yeah man that that's true because and that's funny that you say that cause i can remember having similar thoughts about like like who who could have thought of like putting orchestra music with like guitars like who does that like uh it's just like groundbreaking innovative things that uh uh you are uh completely amazed by when you're 10 years old <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the lyrics on that on that album were, were... It's kind of back when Alternative was like super abstract and like a lot of the songs weren't really about much of anything. Yeah. So you could kind of just interpret them of however you... I'd be like, oh yeah, I totally get this song. And it's like, what, it does, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. I'm just a lonely teenager. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's true. Although there were some Jars of Clay songs that were like more difficult to like uh you know put whatever meaning you wanted to on them like uh or interpret them how you wanted like boy on a string was like you know it's hard it's hard to take that any other way than the way the lyrics lay it out it's uh yeah but it's definitely it was a good vehicle for um your all of your angstiness to just kind of what was the one at the end of the seat? Not not the last song. It was Worlds Apart, I think. Worlds Apart, yeah. Uh, Take My that's... World Apart or something like that was the chorus. And it was, that was just like the yeah. perfect sort of existential nothing 
right there. Right. Like, take my world apart. Like you could interpret that to mean anything. And I would, I would get so emo listening to that song. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just need to have like yeah. my world taken apart, you know? Like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, uh, man, uh, I can, I can picture listening to that song and, uh, <laughs> you know, thinking like, yeah, I would, I would also think like the world is like, is so evil and like it just needs to be taken apart and like uh i i like because i'm a christian like i know what, how and why it should be taken apart like, <laughs> like I, re- I remember thinking those things listening to that song <laughs> and what, Which, did, what did flood mean like what did that song like what did it mean that song man I I still don't know what that song meant. <laughs> but it, it, it was I mean, so important in that in that moment. It was, and like everyone, like lost their minds over that song. Um, <laughs> but I don't think any of us ever really knew what it meant fully. We were just that, like there was that big like string movement like right in the middle of the song that they that I think they cut it out like in the radio and music video versions. Yeah. So when you when you had the CD, like you you'd get to the sun, it'd be like that big string section. You'd be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like they don't even play this on MTV. It's too real. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's the other thing I thought is like you know, uh, you know secular kids or whatever. They they didn't like that kind of stuff. They didn't like the the instrumental string sections of songs or or anything like. You know, but I got that because it was deep, and uh, <laughs> it, it, it let me it let me become more spiritual and reflect on my my spiritualness. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I miss that. I miss that CD. That CD was awesome. It was. It, it's interesting that like Jars of Clay, it kind of took a turn not long after that album, but. Uh, you know they had some good ones after the first one, but the the first it, they could never top it. It was sort of the uh, like the Christian the Christian band, uh, like sort of the classical arc of the Christian band, where you know they they have so much like the the first album is like all the material that they collected like as they were coming up, and so it's like really really interesting. But then you can't make enough money as a Christian band, so you have to keep putting out albums every nine months or something. Right, exactly. And so everything that came after that was just, you know, they they had like five years to do the first album and then nine months to do the second one. So, yeah, yeah, I think that that definitely, uh, you know, played a role in it. And I, I like after the first album, I, I listened to like the, the next two, and then I stopped. I like I didn't listen to a lot of them until like Good Monsters came out, and like the. 2000s. I'm not sure when it came out, but Good Monsters was like I kind of had a homecoming to Jarvis uh-huh. Clay, uh, and it's like I was like, oh, this album is pretty good. Like, uh, and I, I I enjoyed that, but some of the other uh, albums kind of in the in the middle there, I didn't listen to as much. But uh, yeah, it. Uh, I mean, I still go to a Jarvis Clay concert, but uh, I wouldn't probably travel more than an hour to do it. But uh, well, I, I I'd have see. To, I'd have to. Uh, first of all, I wouldn't go into debt to go to a concert. I have to know if they have <laughs> tattoos before I'm going to go. Yeah, that's important. Uh, I mean, 
I feel like a band like that, they they probably have some debt, but who's to say? <laughs> who's to say if they do? Like, you know. Uh, you got to be careful about your 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 listening to choices based on on those things. Uh, where you don't have to be careful, Matt Metcalf. Yes, is when you play "Would You Rather" on Fun Sexy Bible Time. <laughs> That's true. That uh, there's no caution whatsoever, and uh, I hope that you do not exercise caution because I have some. I have some pretty juicy ones for you. Listen, listen, you're, you're well aware of this. Listeners aren't well aware of this, but yeah, it's either this or I go into an R-rated rant about King David and Bathsheba. So, (laughs) which you are the only thing standing between that and our listeners right now. Uh, yeah, I, I I am trying my best to hold back that, (laughs) but I can't guarantee that it, it won't come rushing out by the end of the podcast. Uh, that's, I'm doing my best, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough job to keep Matthew Pearson check. Uh, <laughs> all right. Can you, can you give me a, a preemptive Richard Clark right now? A preemptive? Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Matthew. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yep. Carry on. Yep. All right. Uh, so here we go. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Matthew Pierce, would you rather explain John Piper's sexy stones tweet in front of a Planned Parenthood rally? Oh, or <laughs> be Jonathan Merritt's social media coach? Oh, <laughs> oh. You jerk. Uh-huh. Oh, this is a tough one. Let me talk. Yeah, it is. How much power do I have as Jonathan Merritt's social media coach? You have a lot of influence, but he, uh, you know, is still going to want to be kind of a jerk to people. Um, so, you know. Can I, do I have to do what's best for him or can I steer him into destruction just to watch it happen? You, you have to, uh, you have to like try to actively better his brand. Oh, and, and, okay. I'm, I'm going to yeah. explain sexy stones to Planned Parenthood then. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> that, that would be interesting to watch. Uh, like how would you even like, what would be your opening line if, uh, if you did do <laughs> I would I would do it in the voice of Jordan Peterson just to rile them up just to rile them up like to maximum chaos that, that, that's... Uh, you know you see what, uh, you have stones but you have sexy stones that are clearly gender specific okay <laughs> Oh man, uh, that would be that would be amazing, and uh, I'm sure that they would like. <laughs> I don't even know like what they would do. Uh, <laughs> you know, are male stones uh, sexy? Uh, probably not. Probably the the female stones are sexier, and that's just a a a a, a, a clearly physiologically defined. Uh, a difference between the genders, okay? 
I never knew I needed Jordan Peterson explaining John Piper's sexy stone sweet until now in my life. But uh, yeah, that <laughs> uh, that's great. I'm just asking <laughs> questions here. You know, I, I'm not. You know, it's just a question. It's just academic academic diligence. <laughs> academic diligence. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So that is probably the, that's definitely the right answer. Um, in, in that scenario. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. Okay. I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. Hit me, baby. All right. Ready for this? Okay. Um, Matthew Pierce, would you rather hand deliver a printed copy of all your fan fiction signed to CBMW president, president J- Denny Burke or <laughs> uh, work the concession stand at the Ark encounter for a week with a Hillary 2016 election. Oh, button. <laughs> oh, you. oh, oh I was, was going to say a bad word. Uh, I was gonna call you. I was gonna call you a bad word because that's beautiful. That is a beautiful one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I th- I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> some of these have the the, the unmistakable. Uh, some of these some of these have the uh, have the scent of Casey Haas on them. Did you get Did you get help with this? Oh no! I came up with all these. Oh, um, that's impressive! Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm sure. Casey would be proud. She, I'm sure she is too. She hasn't even heard them yet. This, these are amazing. Um, I, okay, first of all, like I would, I would deliver the fan fiction to Denny Burke anyway. Like, I, I would do that. Like, even if there was no second option. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just to see yeah, what like, he would do. Be like, yeah, Denny, here are those documents you requested. There you go. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, this is like this is something you thought of doing uh, previously, like without even uh, being put in a, a, a situation where you have to make a choice. Like, like <laughs> this is like already something you've planned to do is is deliver these to Denny Burke. <laughs> uh, I, but you know, I also love the idea of being in the Ark Encounter concession stand. Yeah, I, I just I love that too. So I'm a little torn. I mean, you'd have some great conversations. How much is the markup for the for the Ark Encounter? Like, are they are they like going full like baseball stadium where everything is like you know, it's like five dollars for a popcorn? Uh, I mean, there's got to be some markup because uh, running an Ark it can't be cheap. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, they they've got a lot of animals to feed. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> And wax uh, figures to model uh, in the, various um, posts. Do you think the uh, is it is it the Ark Encounter that's got the Adam and Eve wax figures? Uh, the Answers in Genesis Museum. I'm pretty sure that's in the Answers in Genesis Museum. Okay, I, I've always wanted to like because they've got them like in a little pool or something. Yeah, you've seen the pictures, right? Yeah, I've, I've been I've been to the museum. Okay, so I've always wanted to get down in the pool and see if like the Eve wax figure has nipples. 
<laughs> because they do the thing like with with the hairs like coming down in the front, right? And the Adam one has nipples, I think. But I just I I just need to of know course. like if they had that much attention to detail to put nipples on Eve, or if it was right. like no, we we can't do this. We we can't have no. What if what if someone sees? What if someone sees these nipples? Uh, I mean, I feel like Kim Ken Ham would be. Uh, would not want any nip slips uh, in the answers in Genesis Museum, so it, he he probably ordered he would probably order them not to put nipples on Eve. And I, I, does but, Adam have a dong? Like, does the wax Adam have a dong? <laughs> like, I need I kind of need to know this. Uh, yeah, I, I would dollars to donuts. He does not, but but you know, it, who's to say for sure? Who's to say these are the kind of mysteries that we may never fully know the answer to i mean i'm, I'm gonna check both wax figures like i'm just you know I'm, right if i'm getting in the pool, i mean you have to i mean i'm not gonna yeah. get in the pool and just check one if i'm getting in the pool i'm gonna check them both right i mean yeah they uh you, you're taking this if you're committing yourself to this you you have to see it all the way through you, you can't just do a half job because <laughs> like what if what if you did that like what if you just checked eaves uh for whether she had nipples and then someone asked like, so what about Adam? You know, does Adam have a dong? And you'd be like, I didn't check. Yeah. And you can't be that guy. You can't, you can't be, that would be, that'd just be a great way to let down someone. Uh, <laughs> when, when you're telling, retelling that story, you know, from prison, cause Ken Ham had you thrown in jail for, uh, you know, one, uncovering the secrets of his museum and two climbing into the pool, <laughs> uh, which is a restricted area. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you'll have to tell those stories on the inside and you, you want to have the respect, uh, of those guys. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm definitely taking Denny Burke. Like I'm definitely going to deliver Denny Burke. My okay. Baptist erotica, my Calvinist erotica, my Justin Bieber fan fiction, <laughs> all that stuff. All of it. It's it's all going to Denny. Butts and, in. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that he will treasure it. Uh, he will. He will probably get it framed uh, when when it's delivered to him. Um, so I think you made the right choice because what you did there was enrich his life. In the lives of of his family by giving him uh, all of that, so that was that was the right choice, Matthew. Um, so, you ready for the next one? Oh, I'm I'm ready. Hit me, baby. All right. <laughs> okay. Here here it is. Here it is. Yeah. In the spirit of the season which we are presently in, um, would you rather, Matthew Pierce? Record Perry Noble singing a VBS worship song for Lifeway in a fly-by-night video studio, or run a VBS for the TGC staff, but with all the same content, games, and music designed for first graders. Oh. All right. So the second one is I'm doing a VBS for TGC. Like they're the they're the participants. Yeah, like the the TG staff are the participants. Mm. 
but like they have to sing all of like the first grader songs and do the crafts. <laughs> like they have to do like the hand painting and the you know uh, turning their uh, it's, I don't know whatever they do in VBS crafts these days. <laughs> Uh, does that mean I get to withhold juice from Tim Keller? Um, He's a bad boy. You you could potentially yes. Okay. You could you could, but the other option you know you you have the you have one on one time with Perry Noble, um, <laughs> singing a solo worship a demonstration video for uh, VBS kids. See, I got to give Perry Noble some credit. I got to give Perry Noble some credit. Yeah. Uh, because he's one of the only people that I've ever seen genuinely tick off Russell Moore. Like I, he, he, right. he genuinely made Russell Moore annoyed on Twitter. <laughs> and that is really hard to do. So I got to give Perry Noble some credit for that. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's not every day you see Russell, Russ Moore ticked off at someone uh, it was this was like uh before he stepped down before perry noble stepped down he did a uh, a post about lottery tickets or something that like he was gonna buy some lottery tickets it was kind of like making fun of christians who get angry about the lottery right right and uh russell moore was just like incensed he's like this is one of the dumbest things i've ever read on the internet <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh. That's great. Like, yeah. Even, like, the amount of vitriol that Russell Moore has to catch from A, like, hardline Baptists, and B, like, progressives who are annoyed that he is still orthodox in a lot of things. Like, that's an that's just amazing that, like, Perry Noble was the one that got in his craw. Right. Right. Yeah, the, that he was the the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, he was the one that... that let loose the the beast within <laughs> of that that lurks within Russell Moore uh, was Perry Noble. I think out of sheer um, respect for Perry Noble, I'm just gonna I'm gonna choose the choose that option. All right, just, all right, just I, hang out with Perry Noble. I respect that. I respect that. Uh, you are the only one at the video studio, so it, it's gonna be uh, you know you have to do all of the the, the work that goes into I'm sure uh, a complicated setup for VBS worship song <laughs> recording um, but that's 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 the choice you've made and <laughs> I'm sticking I'm, I'm sticking with it <laughs> yeah I, I uh, I'm sure you and Perry Noble will come out as as close friends by the end of it so <laughs> you know if you make a friend, and an experience in life, you know, that's it's worth it. That's 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 what Mister Rogers taught me, at least <laughs> when I went to see his documentary, and suddenly became very like super interested in him, along with the rest of the internet. Uh, even if we never watched uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood growing up, like I'm calling, least... I'm calling BS on the fact that he was supposedly a Presbyterian. There's no way that dude is a Presbyterian. He is way too nice to be a Presbyterian. <laughs> There's no yeah. chance that Fred uh, is Presbyterian. Right. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he was definitely pretty warm for a Presby. Uh, Worst Presbyterian ever. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he was a Presbyterian. He was just really bad at being a Presbyterian. <laughs> like, like you know, he he had the he had he's had the 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 domination like beside his name, but he was not a Presbyterian at heart. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just now imagining like Fred Rogers going to church and like giving everyone hugs and everyone being like super weirded out by it because they're all Presbyterian and they're like, what, who is this guy? He's like touching me and like showing emotion. Like this is not, this is not what I signed up for when when I became a Presbyterian. (laughs) He is the one and only greeter at at his Presbyterian church of 5,000 people. It's just Fred and nobody yeah. else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I could that definitely happened. I like I'm I'm saying that that is true. Uh, <laughs> 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 he he was the only one on the parking team too. He <laughs> he's the only one that would wave to people and and show them where the park like, he did it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man uh all right ready for this is the last one Whew. uh okay I, i'm emotionally spent already but i'll do my best okay all right I, this one this one's kind of a doozy so uh, yeah i hope you are ready um all right matthew pierce would you rather read all of your tweets out loud to a sunday school teacher from your childhood Hmm. Or force Tim Keller to listen to the story of your first kiss the moment you meet him. Oh, that that one's brutal. <laughs> that one is brutal. Like you just like you walk up to Tim, to Tim Keller, you're like, "Hi, Tim, I've got a story to tell you." Oh like, no! Yeah, that's that's the scenario. Part, that's horrifying. Right. Um. Oh man, that one's rough. Well, okay. What was the? I got to read my. I got to read my. Tw- what do I have to read to my Sunday school teachers? Like, I, I won't let. I won't make. I won't make you like read all of your tweets, but like you have to read like the the top ten tweets that have the most likes. Like, oh, okay. You're like most viral, popular, juicy tweets. Like the Larry. Cheat and read the tweets to my Sunday school teachers because most of my really bad tweets like the most inappropriate ones uh, yeah those don't get the most likes uh okay i should have said the ones with the least amount of likes um but i can can... uh, i'm sorry although the uh the one about veggie tales and onan that that one got a lot of likes so that one might be in there yeah yeah that was the one i was specifically thinking because you know, I mean, that's, uh, that's biblical. I mean, that's a that's a biblical pun. I mean, I could read that to a Sunday school teacher. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think it would depend on the Sunday school teacher, but you could get away with it. Uh, you know, <laughs> my Sunday with, school with some of... when I was a kid were really old. Like all of them were super old. So okay, I don't think they would. I don't think they they they'd get it one way or another. Right. Right. That's that's true. That's fair. I mean, I think you chose the right uh, you know, option between those two cuz uh, I 
<laughs> I, I would just love to see the expression on Tim's killer's face uh, if uh, you actually did that to him. Uh, that that would be mortifyingly terrible uh, to watch. <laughs> As an introvert, that's just that that's a terrifying prospect of going up to anyone and having to talk to them that I don't right. Know so I I understand that uh, I get that. Uh, it's all due to my enneagram, by the way. Right. What well, What are you, by the way, on the enneagram? Uh, I don't know. Um, right now, Perksy and Richard are just enraged that I, I said I don't know because they've diagnosed me like three different times. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. what, what you keep moving around. What do I seem like? Are there nine or ten, uh, nine or ten enneagrams? Well, there's nine. Okay, but there's a chance that maybe you're a ten, <laughs> and like you're you're a hidden number in on the enneagram scale that uh, we we just don't know yet, which is which is why you can't be diagnosed. I, I asked those guys if anybody has done the joke. My enneagram number is sixty nine yet, <laughs> and, and they said nobody's done that joke yet. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I got really like, uh, I I made a a simple mistake on Twitter about the enneagram, and people like immediately jumped down my throat about it because I was like, they uh, Rich was asked me like like what my wing was uh, or my number, and I said I was like a seven with a wing like three, and like a bunch of people were like you can't do that like that's impossible <laughs> like how dare you. How dare you say that? <laughs> like, and I was like, "Oh, sorry, guys, it's a typo." Like, but they they were just like enraged that I uh, did not uh, state my my number and and wing correctly on the first go. They were like, "Enneagram people are the best." <laughs> they are. Uh, they they are a quirky lot, but you know you gotta love them. So I'm going to announce that my Enneagram number is I am a, uh, I am a, I am a three with a dual wing seven and one. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I support that. That is, uh, I mean, but so why did you pick three? Well, it, it all comes down to the essential oils. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that you're you're a big believer in those. Uh, that's that's. I mean, this this podcast really exists for the advertising money you get on the essential oil from from big essential oil is uh, is that's really who you're in bed with, Matthew is is all of those homeschool moms who sell essential oil. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's do a uh, let's do a quick shout out. Speaking of advertisers, quick shout out to uh, all of our supporters on Patreon. Yes, thank you guys for keeping the show afloat. Thank you for helping us to pay for hosting costs, and uh, thank you for um, thank you for financing these horrible jokes. <laughs> uh. All right, so we we basically got the entire episode done. Uh, we have we're basically done. Uh, can, yep. I, can I do my obscene rant about king david now or, or do you want me to just yeah i mean you've, you've tried to protect the people but i i think we're to the point now where i feel like yeah it, 
there there will be some people who will be upset if you don't do it. And I, for that reason alone, I'm going to have to give you the floor and let you All right, so let you go to town. Here's my thing. King David's on the roof and he sees Bathsheba, uh, you know, butt naked, taking a bath on the roof, which is weird, but whatever. Here's my thing. Like, so do we think that he on the roof while he's watching her naked taking a bath do we think he was playing with his sling and smooth stones <laughs> uh, mm. so you don't have to say anything I mean I'll just dig the hole myself like it's yeah funny. I uh <laughs> cause you gotta think like this guy is, is is not above murdering somebody right to get to bang the guy's wife Right. So like I I don't think it's a stretch that he would just jizz off the roof, <laughs> and because he's the king, like who's gonna say anything? Like, if he jizzes <laughs> off the roof, and you gotta think like if if you're like somebody that's just walking below the palace, and like you get caught in that in that uh, jizz storm, you gotta think like is there anything worse than that? Especially like if you're a woman and you come home, you come home and your husband's like, uh, "What do you? What, what happened? Like, what? What, are, what am I looking at right here? Like, what are you gonna say at that point? Of like, oh, I was walking underneath the palace and you know, I looked up and I just it. Like, are you gonna? Is your husband gonna buy that? Like. It's like, oh, really? Really? You just looked up and jizz was raining from the sky. Oh man, I I think that uh, I think that it would depend on how frequently King David was known to do that. <laughs> if it was like a frequent thing, or if it was just like would like cordon off the area like underneath the roof of like you guys don't just walk around, walk around. Right. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> like if, if it was like a, a thing that he was known to do, or if it was just like a one-off thing. Oh, uh, a one-off thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a one, a one-off. Uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, that job, like being the the temple, the the, uh, the the palace attendant that's got to clean that up. That would be about as bad as the the servants that had to go into Onan's tent afterwards. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Not, not only is Onan in there dead, like you got to drag a dead guy out, but like you got to clean up the floor too. Right. I mean, you can't just leave it there. No. Uh, it's got to it's got to be taken care of. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that. That question is uh, is something that is is worth pondering, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I could print it out and hand it to Denny Burke and see what he has to say. <laughs> I think I think Denny might be our go to guy for this. I think, I mean, he's probably the the expert on uh, on this whole scenario, and uh, he he would have the answers for us. He would let us know, like. It's it's one of those things that like biblical scholars like they don't, don't talk about in public a lot, but they probably you know they have they have a lot of discussion behind closed doors. Maybe we can uh, maybe we could bring Jordan Peterson in to, to clear it up. 
you know, you're, you're walking underneath the palace and you just get uh, jizz from above. You know, that's not, that's not a matter of unfaithfulness. You're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay. That's... And so, yeah, you just got to uh, throw your shoulders back and, uh, you know, keep your chin up and, uh, you know, uh, don't let it get, get you down when that happens to you. Uh, I, think, I think that's like his first rule in life is, like keep throw your shoulders back and like stand tall or something keep, so throw your shoulders back and walk through the jizz shower okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going yeah. to hell i'm going to hell yeah. all this yeah we'll have to edit all of this out of the podcast this is yeah this is um yeah this is uh yeah it's something 